Welcome to the Prepping Patriots Podcast. Uh, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and welcome to episode three of the Prepping Patriots Podcast. Uh, my name is JT, and my compadre Cameron, who has not been on the podcast yet, but is a very, very integral part of what we're doing here, is on his way with his family down to Florida. To go to Disney in a state that just experienced one of the worst hurricanes on record. Why is he doing this? I don't know. You'll have to ask him on Monday when he's back. Um, But that's what he's doing and that's why he's not here. So we're just going to go ahead and do this without him again. And uh, I will tell you that on Monday, the format's probably going to change drastically because... As I've stated before in previous episodes, Cameron is will be the organizational part of this podcast. Um, I am not. I have to be organized like 90% of my week with my job and my family. And this is a time that I can just let loose and say whatever the crap I want, whenever I want, however I want. And nobody's here to stop me. Speaking of saying what I want, I do need to apologize um, in previous episodes, like I said, when I get worked up, sometimes, you know, I let my mouth fly and some F-bombs fly here. And I, I'm not a guy that swears a lot. So in, in an effort to make this more family friendly, I'm going to be filtering my language. Um, so for those of you who listened to episode one and two and like this guy has got a potty mouth, um, I don't, um, I think I only cussed like two or three times in those things. So it's not like it's like trucker mouth, but anyway, the, the point is, is we're going to try to keep it clean around here. We're going to try to keep this PG PG 13 ish. Um, and I'm not talking 2022 PG 13. I'm talking like 1980s PG 13. Uh, I don't know what's worse. I've, I've seen some, what was that one movie in the, in the eighties and it had a uh, PG 13, but it had boobies in it. I don't know. Anyway, we'll just, we'll just try to keep it, clean. All right. So today, uh, I think what I'm going to cover is more resources, like things that channels that I watch on YouTube, people that I listen to that I feel are trustworthy. Um, and then just ask some basic questions to you guys. Um, those of you out there, and there's probably a number of people from all different levels of preparedness, like listening to this stuff. So what I want to do is just ask basic questions. If you're an experienced prepper, if you're, if you're an expert, um, cause I'm not, um, then, you know, just bear with me through these. So if you're listening to this, you're in one of two camps. You're either somebody who lives the prepping lifestyle, the prepared mind, the mindset of, of having a prepared mind, or you're, an average person that is new to this, but is concerned about like what's going on in the world. You know, you look at in the past year, you got uh, Russia invading Ukraine. You got China's rhetoric towards Taiwan. You got North Korea doing what North Korea does. You got the Europeans doing what the European Europeans doing. You got inflation. You're looking at your gas bill every month both, you know, in your car and at home 
and it's just going up and up and up. And you just, you have a general concern that things are not heading in the right direction. Um, and you've heard about these crazy preppers, but you might think, Hey, they might be onto something. I want to go learn a little bit more. Well, you're in the right place and you're amongst friends here. Um, yes, we are part of the crazy doomsday preppers community and no, we're not crazy. We just think differently and not even differently. We just like have a different perspective. Um, and I said this in, I think last episode, um, the prepared mind is not like some crazy thing that was just invented like five years ago. This has been around for a while. Um, this has actually been around as long as humanity. Uh, if you think about it, like back in the day of the cavemen, like we used to use the spring and summertime to grow crops so that we can harvest and save and survive through the winter. Like it's the same thing, people, except for like back in the stone age, you didn't have a Sendex. You didn't have a freaking Walmart. You can go to, to buy food whenever you wanted. And it's like, they're ready for you. Like back in the day before all that crap happened, like you had to prepare. So we just, as a culture, haven't, we're not, we don't understand what that looks like. We don't understand the fact that you have to like grow food because your winter survivability depends on how much food you can save. Right. So we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not there. However, there's a group of us um, that are in the prepared community that see and look at things like world events and stuff. And we look at it through a different lens of like, yeah, if, if uh, Russia launches a nuke on Ukraine, well, that's probably going to constitute some kind of response from the U.S. and some kind of response from um, NATO that could escalate very, very fast and out of control, which may or may not lead to a nuclear exchange. Now, the likelihood of a nuclear exchange, I think, is low, but it's got the highest possibility in my lifetime that I've that I've seen. Um, and I, I wasn't alive during the like Cuban missile crisis. So I can't speak to like, are we like at Cuban missile crisis level or are we like beyond that? Like I, that I don't know. And there's a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, we're way beyond Cuban missile crisis. Like any day now we can be, you know, Putin can light up New York. It's like, you know, and then you see things like the New York PSA that came out about like nuclear um, surviving like a nuclear blast. <laughs> and like it's those little things, those little breadcrumbs that we in the prepared community like take notice of and go, OK, why are they doing that? Why is New York putting out a PSA about nukes? Uh, why is the president saying that this could lead to nuclear Armageddon? Why is like we just ask like the why questions and that leads to some preppers like getting into conspiracy theory and all that other stuff, false flags. That's not who we are. We're not into like deep into the conspiracy theory stuff. Um, but we do ask questions like what, what the heck, why is this the way it is? Or let's look at the situation from standpoint of, okay, if things do go South, like a, will this affect us? And B, if it does affect us, you know, out, you know, to a point where it's taking us out of our element of normal day to day life, what are we going to do? What's our response going to be? Um, so that's kind of where we come from, or at least that's where I come from. I don't want to speak for all, all of us in the prepared community. I, I can only speak for myself. Um, 
but in any case, so some channels and stuff that the people that I listen to, like on YouTube to get my information. Yes, I do listen to mainstream media. I take it with a grain of salt because in my mind, that is uh, mainstream media is just all about money. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's all about money, driving ad revenue, driving revenue through viewership and all that stuff. And the way they do that, the best moneymaker is fear. The best moneymaker is fear. Like nowadays, anybody that has the articulation to, to speak in front of a camera can get on YouTube, start a YouTube channel, get a thousand followers, monetize and spit fear and people just watch it and they make tons of money. And there's a couple channels I watch that uh, I still watch, um, but have a different viewpoint. Like they started out really good with good, like good intentions. And then they got monetized. And now all they do is spit fear and they'll say in their videos, you know, I'm not here to promote fear, but like in their titles, um, it's like <laughs> their titles are anything but that it's all clickbait, um, in their titles. Like I'm looking at one title right now of like, um, uh, of somebody I watch, I won't mention the channel, but, uh, you know, alert martial law declared like, yeah, I'm going to click on that. But when you, you know, you know oh, oh no, it's about to go down. Uh, extreme nuclear alert, like clickbait people. Come on. Um, we're really, we're, we're brand new. We don't have, we're not monetized. I don't plan on going on YouTube. I just like podcasting and just talking to a microphone and spitting out my thoughts and then sharing those to the community. And if anybody agrees with me, they keep listening. If they don't, they stop listening, but it's, it's therapeutic for me. So that's why I continue to do it. Cause it's very therapeutic. Um, so in any case, um, some of the resources that I get my information from on YouTube and these channels, like I will, um, I will mention, um, suspicious observers. We talked about them in previous episodes, uh, probably watch that the most because Ben puts out daily updates on the sun and what it's doing. And if you have listened to previous episodes, it's the, one of the main things that I'm preparing for and that Cameron is preparing for is the solar kill shot. The thing that, you know, the, the solar flare from the sun that overwhelms the earth's magnetic field that takes out all of technology. And if y'all are out there, you're like, that will never happen. Well, you're wrong because it has happened before. It's happened many a times before, and it's actually happening now uh, many O solar flares have hit the earth. They just haven't been strong enough, uh, to overwhelm the earth's magnetic field. So relatively, you know, we live day, we live our day to day lives unchanged, but the sun is the sun and it is very powerful. And at any point in time, it can spew out a solar flare in a coronal mass ejection, powerful enough to take out technology as we know it. And in episode two, I went into, uh, I shared a little snippet of a video from suspicious observers that kind of explains a little bit better, like what to expect and why, why it's happening. Like the science behind the sun, uh, very good episode. Um, I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out, but suspicious observers on YouTube and all these I'll link in the show notes. Um, Chris over at city prepping. Um, I really like Chris over at city prepping because he like, he's one of the true people preppers on YouTube that does not spew fear. I mean, every video he's like, I'm not spewing fear. He has a, he has a ton of uh, followers and he, he, he walks the talk. Like he doesn't spew, spew fear. 
He, he talks about preparedness and, you know, current events and the things to look for, the things that are concerning him. He doesn't have doom and gloom titles. Um, really, really good. Really, really trustworthy. I like Chris over at, um, city preppers, um, Canadian prepper. I used to watch him a lot. I don't as much anymore. Um, some of his earlier stuff is pretty, pretty good. He, there's some videos he goes into like bug out bag builds and things like that, that I think are really, really good. Uh, and he's kind of turned into like alternative news. Um, he doesn't do as much of the, like the build videos anymore of like built bag builds and products and things like that. Um, but you know, if you want to go check him out, you can go check him out. Uh, I don't listen to him as much anymore. Um, Hershey financial is another YouTube channel I listen to, uh, really, really good channel. Um, he mainly deals on the economy and what's really going on with the economy. And he's also a guy that gives facts, not theory. Um, he'll say, Hey, today the, the, the jobless numbers came out. Well, here's what that really means. And here's the metrics that they look at when they look at jobless numbers. And it's not really an accurate metric because they're factoring in X, Y, and Z, what the real jobless numbers are, are this, or what the real inflation rate is this when you look at it through this lens, or here's why the stock market dove 300 points uh, today and then shot back up plus 600 points. Like he goes into all that really, really good. If you are one of those people that are concerned about the financial future in the economy, uh, that's one thing I think that, you know, uh, is another thing that is good to prepare for is economic collapse. Um, because history has shown the rise and fall of em empires. And there's a good Ray Dalio's put out a great video on the rise and fall of empires in the history of like empires that rise and empires of fall. And it's a cycle that happens over and over and over again. And America right now is on the top of that cycle on its way down and yet another repeating cycle of another power rises. And we think that's China. Um, and as that power rises, the current power fights and fights and fights to eventually leads to a conflict. And then that conflict gets resolved and the new power takes over. And yet there's a cycle. Ray Dalio says another, he's the video is like so good. Um, so these are just some of the people that I listen to, um, and watch. And of course I have my community of people that we talk so amongst ourselves, Cameron being one of them. We, you know, we're going to, we start, we talk, uh, probably three times a week, take a half hour, three times a week and just kind of talk about what's going on, what we're doing, how we're preparing. We keep each other accountable with, Hey, did you, you know, you, you, you put your crap in your freeze dryer this week. I mean, get on that buddy. So there's that. Um, so the questions I have for you guys are where are you guys at in the spectrum of preparedness? Um, are you the seasoned prepper that has, you know, your year and a half worth of food. And if you're really, really, really dedicated to it, you got your bunker built, you got your bug out location, things like that. Um, or are you relatively new and you're like, okay, I, 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 I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the prepper Kool-Aid and I, I believe that there's something's going to happen, whether it's a solar flare or economic clash collapse or world war three, there's going to be something that happens within my lifetime that is going to affect my day-to-day -day living. And I want to prepare me, my family. I want to prepare physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, like, but I don't know how, like, I don't even know where to start. Well, some of the resources I gave you are good starts. Um, listening to, to podcasts like this is also a great start. Just getting educated. Um, the prepper broadcasting network is also a really good one, uh, to get hooked into. 
And again, this stuff doesn't need to consume your life. Like this doesn't consume my life. I just enjoy it. It's like a hobby for me now. Uh, prepping is a hobby, but yet it's also a lifestyle. Um, do you have to change your entire lifestyle? No, you don't. Um, Cameron and I are everyday average old Joes, like blue collar workers that go to work and live life. Like we're not consumed by all of this doom and gloom. Um, and you don't have to be either. But as far as where to start, what I would not recommend is if you are in a position or you're in this mindset where you see all this stuff going on in the world and it's causing fear and anxiety within you. Um, what I would say is just take a break, like consume information and stop and then just mull on it and don't, don't take action right away. Because what that does, when you take action out of fear, like impulsive action out of fear, you make really stupid decisions. Like, don't be one of those people that may, like gets on this prepping train and this prepared mindset train and go charge 20 grand on your credit card for a year's, you know, two years worth of supplies of freeze dried food and um, all this gear that people say you need uh, to survive, you know, what's coming. Like, don't do that. Don't go into debt for that. There are steps you can take that really puts you in a position to really, to really thrive in this preparedness journey. And I'm going to just share with you my steps that I took when I got started. Like, cause I started out the wrong way. I started out the complete wrong way. Um, I, I won't tell the entire story, but I got started with prepping back in like 2015 ish area, give or take a year or two. Um, and at that time I was working in the church um, so obviously if any of you guys work in church or you're a staff member at a church, uh, you don't get paid hardly anything. You don't get paid what you're worth. Uh, you can barely survive, um, barely meet your bills and you're all doing it for Jesus. So I'm not going to get on that train. Um, but you know that, you know, and this could relate to, yeah, I had a, you know, a minimum wage job or I was only making 10, 12 bucks an hour and barely making rent and all that stuff. So that's, that's where I was back in 2015 wife was pregnant. Um, it was just, it was a rough time. And then I, you know, um, I think the stock market back then like dove like 1200 points in one day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, uh, um, this is bad. And we had a snowstorm in Michigan that pretty much locked me into my apartment for a week without power and couldn't leave. And I'm like, Oh, I need to do something. So out of fear, that's when I started like going out and putting things on credit cards and just buying crap that I didn't need that made sense at the time. But in the grand scheme of things, I did it in the wrong order. Like I went out and bought all of like their survival backpacks and bug out bags and get home bags and all of the, all of this, the stuff that's out there that's way overpriced. Uh, I, I bought that first, you know, I didn't stock food. I just bought toys got into some credit card debt and not just on prepping stuff, but I was just really bad financially. So we were in the hole. We weren't making a ton of money and, a t and to a point where we just like hit rock bottom, like, okay, something's got to change. And it was mainly me. It was mainly my fault. My wife doesn't like to spend money. It's me that does all the impulse buying. Um, so got out of that really turned our lives around, really started like really, like I grew up basically. 
I, I, I grew up and I matured. Um, so he, so we crawled out of that and now we're in a position now where we've crawled out of that. We're getting out of debt. We don't, you know, we, we just paid off our credit cards when we sold our house in Ohio. We, I put a little bit more on the credit cards. So we got to get out of that now. It's not much, um, trying to pay off cars, uh, just trying to get out of debt. Right. Cause when you're out of debt, when you don't have debt, you don't have credit cards, credit cards, especially, let me just hit on this real quick, especially with interest rate rising, your credit card that was 15% interest, you better check that because it could be 25% interest now because they don't tell you, they just raise it, right? So 25% interest on five grand, making 40 grand a year, having a, a rent payment and food and maybe a family of three, you're, you're, you're barely making it, right? You're barely making those payments. So Credit card debt is like the biggest thing to get out of right now, especially in this economy. Get out of credit card debt. Sacrifice if you have to. Don't go out to eat if you have to. Don't buy the $8 Starbucks every day if you have to. If you got to cut a subscription a month just to throw another $30, $40 a month at the credit card debt, do it. Make small sacrifices now so you can get out of credit card debt. And then you work those payments when you made that uh, $200 a month you made towards that card when it's paid off, you take that $200, you apply it to the next debt. And maybe the next credit card, you were paying $50 minimum payments. Um, and now you take your 200, you add it to the 50, $250 goes to that credit card and it just snowballs. You just, it's called the debt snowball, Dave Ramsey. If you've never heard of him, go check him out. He's got the best model around for getting out of debt and you can do it relatively fast and you don't have to make six figures to do it. So anyway, get out of debt. So the point of that is get out of debt. Um, when you get out of debt, and I'm not saying you have to be completely out of debt before you start prepping. I'm just saying you you really want to try to get rid of those high interest stuff. Like, and if you have if you make enough money to where you can you can comfortably like throw extra money at debt and still save a little bit for prepping and do some prepping here and there, by all means. Like, I don't have the one solution to do this to get started in this. I just can tell you my journey. Um, you, it's your life. You do whatever you want. I'm just giving you my experiences. That's all I'm doing. So we're not completely out of debt, but yet we still prep. Um, could we get out of debt faster if we stopped our prepping budget? Sure. But I feel it's really important to have at least some kind of prepping budget every month to where I can throw at preps, um, outside of like buying extra food, like our prepping budget. I'll get into that a little bit. It's not like, Hey, we're taking this budget for extra food. Like, no, the extra food we buy at Sam's club and Costco, that just goes into our monthly allotment for food. Uh, we just, we built that in years ago and we just, there's no reason, but like the extra money is like for things like I'm building a gasifier. I'm going to need to buy steel and welding wire for that. Well, that's going to go into the prepping budget uh, so that I can then do that and have that money available to buy those um, resources I need to like build the gasifier. Um, I'm going to need to get a bigger generator to run off that gas fire. Well, that's going to be five, six, $700. Uh, my prepping budget isn't $700 a month, but you know, I'm going to need to, to save a little bit before I can go get that generator. Is a generator like number one priority for me to buy right now? No. Is it something important? I think based on the type of preps we're doing, uh, yes. But again, with, uh, with an EMP, nobody knows if that generator is going to start. No, just nobody. We just don't know. We can only, we can only surmise if it might. Um, I have an electronics background. 
Um, when I was in the military, I, 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 I had the opportunity to do something in the electronics field. So I've had exposure to electrical engineering. So I know circuitry, I know how they work. So I have a little bit of a head, uh, of a, of a, I'm a little bit ahead of most people because when it comes to EMP and the effects it has on electronics, I can say that a generator, as long as it doesn't have like an electric start and all these digital readouts, like if it's just a regular old pull generator, that you pull with a rope more than likely, and it's carbureted, not fuel injected, more than likely it's going to start. Um, maybe the, maybe the generator inside of it, the, the motor that generates power may need some repair work after an EMP. Um, but for the, I, I, I believe they're going it, to, it's going to start afterwards. So is that an important prep for me right now? Yes. Is it so important that I have to drop what I'm doing and go buy it right now? No. Because every decision you make carries risk, whether that's a lot of risk or little risk. The risk that I carry by not going out and buying a big generator now, or is the e if an EMP hits tomorrow, I won't have that generator uh, unless I go loot it. And I don't plan on looting. I don't plan on being a part of the looting masses because there's high risk in that. Um, am I going to survive without a generator? Yes, I will survive without a generator. And those are the questions I ask when it comes to priorities of preps. Will I survive without this item? Yes. Will this item just be more of a convenience and allow me to, to be in a better position once that happens? Yes or no. So for example, a generator, will that, will I survive without one? Yes. Because I have alternative means to generate power. Uh, I have solar panels. I have batteries. If the batteries work and don't explode after the EMP, I have batteries. I have solar panels. I have charge controllers. I'm going to need to buy an extra set of charge controllers and inverters to put in a Faraday cage. Maybe the Faraday cage will work, but my preps and my survival are not depending on power generation. That is going to be a short-term convenience when all of technology goes down. I need to learn how to survive without power. So what am I doing now to prepare for the time where I need to survive without power? The generator, the solar power, all that stuff is really nice to have. And if it works, would be really, really convenient and could be a source of bartering. Like, hey, bring me your dead batteries and I'll charge them in exchange for a box of ammo or, a sh or an exchange of, you know, some potatoes you got, or, you know, everything has got to, is it's got to have a serve a purpose. And you got to ask yourself those simple questions of why. So top preps are things like food. I need to have food. I need to have seeds and I need to have enough food to survive on, to get to the planting season and through harvest and then have enough seeds saved up to where I have enough to where I can grow, eat and store for the next season. And then I need to learn how to harvest seeds from plants and learn about crop rotation and learn about all that stuff. So what do I need to get now from a preparedness standpoint to, to get me to the point of being able to plant gardens year after year after year and rely on the seeds from those plants to then replant next year and harvest and things like that. Those are the questions I ask myself. Uh, when it comes to like purchasing things like, is this thing going to help me or is this a convenience item that eventually is just not going to work that it's not, is going to be useless. Focus on the priorities. And I'm not saying not to go buy a generator or not to go buy solar panels. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, think of things in a way that 
for the scenario that you're preparing for, for me, it's, it's the solar kill shot. What do I need to do? What are the skills I need to learn? What are the things I need to get to prepare for when that happens? And when that happens, there's going to be stages. The initial stage of, oh crap, it has happened. We need to get from point A to point B. What do I need in that kit to get me to point A to point B? Okay, get that stuff. Now we're at point B, whether that's a bug out location or a family farm or whatever. Now what's next? Okay, I need to worry about security. Um, am I am I am I am I a pro Second Amendment person? I am. Um, do you have security? Do you have a way to defend yourself? Do you have a way? Do you have a community of people that are of like mind that can help you with your security and that can help as a group with security? Do I have food? Do I have a way to generate food? Those are the things you need to think about. When you ask yourself, like if you get on some of these, some of these YouTube channels and you get on one of these doom and gloom, uh, ones and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to go on, on his website and I need to buy this, um, Berkey filter, water filter. Well, you need to think about it. Is a Berkey water filter, a consumable? Yes, it is a consumable. It will only last for a short time before you need to learn how to cultivate your own and purify your own water. Is a Berkey filter good to have? Yeah. Cameron has one. I want one. That thing filters like 10,000 gallons of water per filter. Those filters are consumable. So eventually those filters aren't going to filter water. Now it may be a year or two before that happens. So that might be a good prep to consider like having a way to purify water. If I'm in a city municipality, um, I'm going to need to find a way to get water. And if like all of technology goes down, the water pumps ain't going to work. And if you're not on a well, you're going to have to try to figure out how to get water. Well, what's the best way to cultivate water? You either collect it from rain and store it and know how to store water long-term, or you got to go down to the local river and find a water source, a swimming pool, something to harvest that water and then purify it. So anyway, um, the whole point of this is not to go step-by-step step each prep, but it's more to get you guys in the mindset of like thinking of asking the why question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I thinking about purchasing this? Is this going to be a consumable where it only is going to get me through the initial disaster, whatever disaster I'm preparing for? Or is this going to be more of a long-term thing where it's going to, it's, it's essential part of my long-term plan after the collapse whatever collapse it may be, whether it be a financial collapse, nuclear war, solar EMP, you know, whatever the, whatever your disaster is, um, what are you doing? That's going to prepare you for that long term. So there's that the other side of prepping. If you're just now getting into this, you may not want, I mean, all of this, like end of the world, doom and gloom stuff may just be super overwhelming to you. Like JT, dude, I, I don't buy this whole solar kill shot thing, but I am worried about, you know, World War Three. Okay, that's fine. Fair. Um, so what are you going to do if World War Three happens? Like, what does that scenario look like for the United States? Most likely, if if it's a non-nuclear World War Three, the only thing that you have to worry about maybe is, const- is conscription. I don't think you have to worry about a foreign entity invading the United States. Like 
A, that would be dumb for anybody to invade the United States, even if the entire military was wiped out to have an occupying force try to occupy the United States would be decimated with guerrilla warfare. How, I mean, just imagine if like, let's just say a foreign power came up through Mexico and like tried to invade through Texas. You know how many people in Texas own guns? And I'm not talking like pistols, like they own guns. They probably are more armed than the, the army is when it comes to small arms. Um, so that's not a likely scenario, but you know, conscription might be in the cards or a nuclear war. So if a nuclear war happens, what's your prep? What are you going to do? Like, are, do you live by a military base? Um, if a nuclear exchange happens, you don't have much time from the time that somebody launches an ICBM across the world, 2000 miles away, you have about 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, you have to ask yourself, is the government going to put out a PSA that a nuclear missile is on its way and cause absolute panic? Or are they, what are they going to do? Like you can't depend on the military or the government putting out and warning you that something is coming in 15 minutes. So you have to mentally go, okay, do I live by an air force base or an army base? Uh, maybe I should think about living a little bit further away because that's going to be the targets of these nuclear exchanges. They're going to target military installations and they might even target big cities, um, depending on who's launching what. Um, so where you live, do you need to think about relocating? Maybe not move out of the state, just a little bit further away from where you're at. You know, do you understand how nuclear fallout works? Do you understand how to read wind conditions? Um, so that if a new kits um, southeast of you, what direction do you need to walk to avoid that nuclear fallout? Or what shelter do you need to go to? Do you even do you build a shelter? Maybe do you build an underground sh shelter? Um, do you look at that? Like those are the things you, you need to, to consider and ask questions for. And you don't have to have all the answers. There's a community of people for whatever prep you're prepping for. There's a community of people for it that can are more than willing to give you insight and advice on what to do. Um, but let's just say you're not even there yet. You're not even thinking about nuclear war. Maybe you're just thinking about like, maybe you live in the Floridas or the Kansas or the, or the, or the places that, that suffer from natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, things like that. Well, you know, whenever a natural disaster happens, it takes maybe three days for emergency services to get to where you're at. could take, could take three days for emergency services to get to where you're at. Do you have three days worth of supplies to make it to until help till help arrives? Maybe think that small, you know, um, if something were to happen, can I survive for three days without, without power and survive? Do I have enough food? Do I have candles? Do I have water, you know, stored away to where I can, me and my family could survive for three days without services start there and work your way up um guys we're over time uh, there's a ton of stuff i could talk to on this topic we're over time i'm going to leave it at that if you guys have questions um and when we get the email up and running you can you can submit them there if you enjoy the content please uh consider subscribing through spotify Share this with your friends and family. We're just trying to get the message out there. And these are all these episodes are these first three are just prerequisites to the real meat of when Cameron gets back and him and I have some discussions. Um, so in any case, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys a whole lot. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Preppin' Patriots podcast. This episode was sponsored by shit. Nobody.